Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn that. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative. Uh, Nobel the Body Snatcher tonight. He is away uh, doing, uh, fondling dead people or something. I don't, whatever the hell he does for his job. Uh, he has he always. Does? He is always is Corey Walsh. Way to diminish that. And he's Dan Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just figure that's just just <laughs> uh, something like that. You can leave it up to people's imaginations. Uh, intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. We've got uh, probably what's not going to be our best show tonight because all of the shit but we're going to talk about is kind of boring. So we're going to do it anyway. Not, now, won't be the worst. Won't be the worst. That's impossible. I guarantee you I can find 14 that are probably going to be worse than, that have been worse than what this one's going to be. But before we dive into it, Corey, tell all the people the places in which they can find us. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our tech tech videos can be found oh, on the podcast. Yourself. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. I sure as shit won't. <laughs> haters make me famous. Not going to steal oh. my piece, Satan. Not going to steal our means of production. Uh, what do we have in front of us? My means of production, brother. What do we have in front of us this evening, Corey? We have uh, the New Hampshire primaries taking place last night. I was excited for, I don't know, about five minutes uh, before that that went away. This would be the most boring season, the most most boring uh, election season we've ever had. Uh, we're going to go over some polling numbers. Corey just said he wanted to go over some polling numbers. I don't know what these are going to be, so you're going to find out with me. This is going to be fantastic. Oh, I just pulled up 538. For, we just run down the list. The WEF uh, at Davos last week. Um, and I loved the way Walter Kern put Davos as a uh, trade show for oligarchs, powerful people, because that's exactly what it is. Uh, there was one great speaker there that the establishment is trying to, of course, portray as right wing, because that's what you do when anything that is anti-establishment ever comes up for any reason at all. They're just right wing and right wing just for some reason means bad. Uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, Yes, our old girl, MTG, for, I don't know, maybe the second or third time since we started doing this show, Corey, showing a little bit of backbone and actually having some principles. I know you're not allowed you're, to say that about somebody no, like Dan, MTG. You're absolutely right. In the two years that we've been doing this show, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene has said exactly three things that we agree with and all and, of her blustering and grandstanding that she's done <laughs> what would that be 724 days or 624 days well isn't that nope. isn't that what we talk about a lot 724 yeah don't try to do the math 
Uh, isn't that what we talk about a lot though on this show, Corey, is it's like, but what about the message? Like, I don't care who's delivering the message. If the message mm -hmm. is correct, I don't care mm -hmm. who it is. Sometimes the message is right, but we always go with, uh, or the way we're taught to do things is to go with who's delivering the message as opposed to what the message actually is. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show and, um, bureaucracy and, I don't know for sure, but in this case, I'm going to I'm going to guess like democratically led uh, bureaucracy. I'm I'm assuming Houston's uh, politicians are mostly Democrats, seeing as it's a big city. I could be wrong about that. I don't know a whole lot about Houston, Texas politics, but either way, bureaucracy um, keeping homeless people homeless and hungry. So that's great. And um, yeah, Corey wrote, also wrote in here, Texas versus the Fed. So we'll find out exactly what that's all about. But before we get in <laughs> oh, surprise. Corey's throwing in a curveball. But before we get into any of that, Corey, well, uh, what did we, you learn? So wait, real quick. Week? Before we get into anything, we read the tagline. Mm -hmm. We talked about what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. We having a show prep meeting live on the air? I get it. What'd you say? It's also the dumbest fight song in all of the NFL. It's the worst, but it's it, it's the best because it's the worst. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought this up, Corey, because the Detroit Lions uh, playing for uh, a chance to go to the Super Bowl for only the second time ever uh, is yeah. actually one of yeah, the... Yeah, but have we ever, ever, ever been just 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl? Yes, in 1991. Did we make it that many games in through the playoffs? Yes, they had a bye week the first week. They beat the Cowboys, and then they played the Washington then Redskins. I hope I'm still allowed to say that when we're talking about it in culture. I really uh, fucked that up with the commanders. Histor thing. Historical context, but the then Washington Redskins in the NFC championship game and got our ass, got our asses kicked like 41 to 10 or whatever the hell the final score was. Um, so well, that actually is, <laughs> that actually is what I learned this week, Corey. That's <laughs> what, what I learned in school this week. this week. I learned that, the Detroit football lions are the, uh, are the new lovable losers that have started to win that America is just latched onto and loves. I learned that this week. I guess it, I shouldn't be surprised. Um, however, were they, I, were they the lovable losers in the nineties? They've, they've been the lovable losers. It does. What, what does that matter? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> curious. I'm just looking to see if history repeats itself. Lovable losers in the in the context of they've never won a Super Bowl and they haven't won a championship since 1957. Uh, but this is what I want to make all real Lions fans aware of. That uh, hysteria goes away real fast when you start winning. I think of the Boston Red Sox when they finally won a World Series in 2004. Everybody was rooting for the Red Sox. Everybody loved the Red Sox in 2004, 2005, 2006. Then they won a few championships and now the entire world hates them. Uh, the Chicago Cubs in 2016 finally won ended their big long curse and won a championship. And uh, I don't know that any anybody hates the Cubs as much as they hate the Red Sox, but I was awfully annoyed with them pretty fast. So if this team wins, 
you are going to be the annoying fan base going forward. That's what I learned this week. That the Detroit Lions are in that that lovable loser sort of honeymoon right now. How long will that last? Probably if they win next year <laughs> and the year Sunday, after, right? Yeah, it might be over. So that's what I learned this week. Our the Detroit Lions are, are that lovable losers turned winners, America's team style weirdness. So as someone who loves it, and and full disclosure, I am a a newborn latching onto the teat of the Detroit Lions. And someone who isn't closely following the NFL. Do the Lions have the talent to make it? Yes, they can win on Sunday. I don't think they will, but they can. You think they can beat the Baltimore Ravens? That's going to be even more difficult because they played them once this year and got waxed on the road by Baltimore. Uh, So yeah, but it's the Super Bowl. You never know; anything can happen in the Super Bowl. So I don't, I don't expect the Lions to beat San Francisco on the road this week. I'm not going to sit here and act like they have no shot because they definitely have a shot. Uh, it's, but it's not, it's, it's like everyone has to show up. Like every single person, every single play, every single move, they have to be on cue. Yeah. They have to play an A plus game, I think to win. So there you have it. It's not impossible. You're just, you're way more into sports than me. So sometimes like when it comes to things like this, I really value your opinion. I'm just being realistic. Obviously I'll be rooting for them, but. We'll see. What did you learn in school this week, Corey? Okay. So what I learned in school this week is that to versus most like disagreements like that people have with people, political disagreements light up like under an MRI scope, light up a different part of the brain. And that uh, political disagreement is a phenomenon that involves different cognitive processes in the brain, such as emotion, reasoning, and memory. According to some recent studies, political disagreement can affect how the brain responds to new information and how it encodes the opinions of others. And some of the findings are is when people disagree with someone who has a different political ideology, the brain becomes less sensitive to the strength of the other person's opinion. This means that they are less likely to change their minds or consider the other person's perspective. This effect is observed in the brain region called the posterior medial frontal cortex, which is involved in cognitive dissidence. People who share a political ideology have more similar brain activity when they process political words and images, and they also segment new information into the same units of meaning. This suggests that they have a common neural framework for interpreting political information, that they are more likely to agree with each other. Then there's a bunch of more mumbo jumbo that I wrote down, but I don't want to bore everyone. Essentially, (laughs) too late. (laughs) As I'm reading it, I'm like, dude, Dan's eyes are just glazing over right now. Uh, Basically, what I learned is like our brain reacts to like, (laughs) Just somebody go fuck yourself. No, I get it. I get it. Lay it on me. But the brain reacts differently to like a political disagreement than it does to somebody saying they like a different team or like a different color or if they're Ford versus Chevy or if they're Glock versus uh, 
Smith and Wesson. Or do you think you know, that's because like, do you think that's because the the because you do you do get the sense when you see political or even uh, I mean, for someone who's on the left versus Beyond Meat versus the Impossible Burger like I don't know you can't, like when there's yeah. disagreements in everything except for politics. Do you think that has anything to do with? And this is just a couple of you know intellectual idiots uh, that don't know shit about uh, neuroscience or anything like that. Um, do you think that and that that it kind of lights up the same part of the brain that has like this tribal like survivalist um m- you know monkey m- the monkey part of our brains that we have yeah yeah no 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 there's uh you know a lot like of why is politics stuff they talk about a higher brain and a lower brain and politics is absolutely ingrained in the lower brain of tribalism mm-hmm. and stuff and and some of it has to do with uh like the narratives and the verbiage is thrown around but like that's why when people talk about political opposition as like vile and they use words like disgust and things like that because those words are ingrained in your brain and my brain when it comes to very primitive things as we're children is like this can make you sick this and you know what i mean like this can kill you different like things that you would eat and stuff like that, that your body would disagree with. And it's all like the narrative and like in the verbiage and stuff is kind of similar to that, to where it's words that are ingrained in you that create the repulsive feeling you feel in your stomach when it's about something. And they, they attribute it to something that you disagree with to where they go, they know how to pinpoint your instinctual, shit in your head i'd like again i'm not a scientist so i don't know the exact verbiage but like you can google this stuff i don't know the exact words but they use words that you that people in general have to word association that creates almost like the gut instinct to like vomit or like like uh like what's the word but like when you're about to puke like heave, I, I can't dry heave. yeah he dry <laughs> heave yeah the dry literally the dry yeah the dry heave feeling like you can attribute people like when you think of hitler when you think of things like that like like just the word genocide and stuff like that they're attributed to that dry heave feeling you know what i mean like when you hear those words it gets gross like so if someone's why... committing genocide immediately you're like ugh so that's why the word genocide is going to be maybe the most popular word of 2024. Uh, but that's what makes me so fucking mad about that because some words, use it as a weapon. Some words should instinctually be ascribed to ascribed that yeah. that yeah ascribed ascribed attributed. I I can I I mashed them. Don't give me shit. No one would have said shit if you didn't say shit. Uh, <laughs> but like certain words should be ascribed to like that gut wrenching feeling of like, uh, you know, like child well, that's kind of the genocide. These words are, but that's when we talk and like, and it's, it's interesting, right? Because we talk about how the power of words, like racism, genocide, yes, that's a great, that's a those great words should a hundred percent be ascribed to that feeling of wanting to vomit. Well, and that's what but makes when like, they constantly the, get thrown around and being attributed to the most measly things, 
that just because someone dis- disapproves of your ideology or doesn't is it <laughs> doesn't agree it's with your, your opinion. opinion you don't immediately just say these words because then that gut-wrenching feeling is going to go away and then the actual meaning of these disgusting words the power of them will go away well that's what well. makes that's what makes the 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 pushers of like whatever you want to call it the, the the you know this woke agenda or the dei agenda that's what makes these people actually kind of brilliant is because they take these words and they bastardize them and they they ascribe it to uh, anybody manipulation who just, and brilliance don't go hand in hand yeah but it's brilliant it's it's been a brilliant tactic because it's fucking working i mean yeah, it's backfiring three-year-olds can manipulate it's starting to backfire it's starting to backfire for sure we're seeing it we're seeing it called out you know, a lot more. And then like using that as a way to, to, you know, push an ideology like progressivism, even though it's completely anti-progressive, it's completely anti-liberal the way that, that they, that they use these words. And they essentially, you know, if I say, um, I don't know, uh, this, (laughs) this, this, uh, this, this trans woman that's now apparently winning uh, golf tournaments, (laughs) <laughs> shouldn't be playing with the ladies. Oh, you're a bigot. You know, you're a transphobe. You're probably, and because, because you're those two things, you're also probably a racist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause those things yeah, no, all no, go so together. You're right. you're right. It's brilliant in the short run. Yeah. But I try to think about the long run. Like in the long run, it's stupid. A lot of times yeah. things that are brilliant in the short run are terrible in the long run. Well, it it's it sucks up all of the actual stupid people and gets them involved in the cult and in the religion. Yeah, but the fucking noise, uh, numerous, not noisy of the stupid people that are running around. Unfortunately, they're the ones that are gra- have the most numbers to grab the wheel of the ship to drive it right into a goddamn well, iceberg. It grabs a lot of smart people at first too, or even just average intelligence people, which I think is kind of where. But then I they, fall. they get then they get labeled as contrarians. Because they're well, like, you, no, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, you. Re- but you, but even if, even if you're of of uh, average intelligence, you recognize what's going on here at some point. Like we've talked about this before. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you as much as me, but like I, I had Trump derangement syndrome for a while. Oh, I, I, thought every, lot, I, I, I thought every, I thought Dan, every Trump voter had to be a racist, like because that's we're doing just a what podcast because we yeah. caught each other's attention on just posting <laughs> every single goddamn day about yeah. how much we hated Trump. <laughs> and we still do, but we're we're a little bit more cognizant of like what that actually means. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. We, we 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 were some of the lucky ones to realize like this like when you're in a room of a hundred people and there's a magician and he does one trick and he gets everyone and he and he fucking bamboozles everyone right. And then you're like, there's like two or three people and like like most of the people are just enjoying it, but then there's like two or three people that are like, no. That motherfucker did something and you're watching closer and then it takes like four or five more tricks. But then like you finally catch it and you're like, no, no, he did this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but OK, that one. But what about the other ones? And you're like, no, no, he did something else. I just didn't know what it was. And they're like, ah, shut up and enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's pretty good fucking pair of or that's, analogy. That's, right? that's 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 TDS pretty much in a nutshell. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. We saw the tricks. And (laughs) again, what caught me to realize TDS was TDS is when Biden got into office 
And all of a sudden, the goalposts on morality changed. 100%. I saw bitch for four years about government encroachment. Kids in cages. Mockery, kids in cages. And then all of a sudden, the Democrats got in charge and nothing fucking changed. And they had the House, the Senate, the presidency. And people still excuse it away when it's like, no, fuck yeah. you. Remain the remain you know, in Mexico like, policy stuck around for for a while. It's um, still around. Yeah. Now it's, we're having Mexico and like, but now re, so the the Democrat remain in Mexico policy and like I was actually going to talk about this on the show. The reason why it's different in quotations is we convinced Mexico to just do that on their border instead of ours. It's still kind of remain in Mexico or keep people south of Mexico's border. Oh, gotcha. And that's why numbers are waning right now. Because the the immigration numbers are waning. Yeah. And you watch the Biden administration is going to. That's relative, Corey. That's like saying, but Corey, that's like saying inflation is down. (laughs) No, no, you're right. You're right. A (laughs) hundred percent. You're right. But you watch. They're going to start touting how immigration is waning under the Biden policies and under the Biden yeah. administration. And that's, so that's we're literally the, that's the again, thing. robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, and not to mention it's, it's, it's the shitty, it's the shitty game that they always play. And, and Trump did it and, and Trump will do it again if he's reelected and Biden's going to do it this year. Cause it's an election year. You, you do the things you do, you do just enough to, to, so to you make can the say, numbers. Look at this thing that numbers. I did. Yeah, look at this thing that I did, and like, like, because like, that's what the Which that's what the inflation, the most that's what the inflation numbers are thing, too. Right? Where it's like you, you're, it's so easy for you to quickly adjust these numbers. And I know I just said that uh, being right in the short run isn't equivalent to being isn't as important as being right in the long run. But in the short run, the government is so fast to be able to make these things happen, to make themselves look good in the short run. To where it's like, if you just took a little bit more oomph, <laughs> if any of these fuckers worked what a normal blue collar worker is trying to struggle to take care of his family. Yeah. And that's, you might actually well, be able to take care of these things. And that's what's, that's, what's going to be interesting about, um, uh, we don't have it in our, in our topics tonight, but we can talk about it just briefly here. Cause it kind of ties in the fact that the UAW just finally endorsed Joe Biden. I mean, I give them a little bit of credit because it took them a really long time. I think we all knew that eventually the UAW well, was going remember, to endorse Joe Biden. Yeah, they think uh, about but, it. But how? But but here's the thing, Corey. It's going to be interesting in Michigan come 2024 because most of the Democratic pundits in Michigan right now, uh, or you know the a lot of the um, you know the, the the experts in in the in the inner circles just within the state in the Democratic Party are saying they even said this on CNN today and. CNN isn't really isn't usually going to do anything that's going to shit on the Democrats, but I can't remember who said it. But one of them said that I think it was John King said that um, a lot of these higher up Democrats in the state of Michigan are saying that if the election was tomorrow, Joe Biden would lose the state of Michigan. And the reason for that is because what do we have? Two hundred, three hundred thousand Arab Americans in the state of Michigan. We have the largest set yeah. of arab americans in all of the united states uh and they're not real yeah, happy no, with we joe have biden the largest concentration of middle easterns in, in michigan and and they are not real happy with joe biden on his israel policy but it's not even that as i mean it's that as a huge contingent but it's also 
the fact that young voters are turning on Joe Biden. And that doesn't necessarily mean that like kids on college campuses like the University of Michigan or Wayne State or any of these, that doesn't mean they're going to go to the polls and vote for Trump. It just means they're not going to show up. That's what it yeah. means. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, right here, right now, Joe Biden loses the state of Michigan to Donald Trump if the election is right here, right now, today. And I don't know that that's going to change too much between now and November. You don't think that the uh, the fear of Trump still has a lot of weight? I don't. I don't because I think a lot more people are turning uh, are, are turning to the state of mind that like you and I have. Like you know, you know, Donald, you know, Donald, Donald, that's interesting. That's Donald interesting Trump is awful because everyone in 2020, if we're talking about like young people, let's say within whatever the year is, two years younger. Like let's say so the year's 2020. So people in 2020 between 18 and 24. Four years later, they'd be 22 and 26. Okay. If we're really relying on the younger vote, we're talking about people who are a little bit older who probably would just not show up. And then younger people who are now 18 in 2024 who were 14 under Trump and 14 year olds have the light they have like you're you're you know what I mean like as a 14 year old your life and politics are world like just worlds apart you might you might not even know shit about politics at 14 I know I didn't I know I didn't care no <laughs> when I was 14. So at 18, with Trump being gone for four years, if you're relying on the younger vote, at 18, with Trump gone for four years, you're not going to have the disdain that people did in 2020 who were 22 years old who saw Trump at 18. Well, and I think... Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, it's... Yeah, Trump's been gone long enough that, that they can't, I think, tapping into that whole Trump derangement syndrome fucking antic isn't going to have the same oomph as it did in 2020. It's not going to resonate with 18 year olds, but even the people that it resonated with in 2020 and even 2016, you know, myself included, I think a lot, I think a lot more voters are in the headspace that you and I are in where we look at this and we go, yeah, Donald Trump's terrible. He wasn't a good president for various reasons that we won't get into right now because it would take an entire show. Uh, he won't be a good president the second time, but is he this fucking awful, uniquely terrible, awful, dangerous threat to society and to democracy? Absolutely fucking not. Nope. That and, and, that, so that's, that narrative has is is on life support right now. And so that's, that's where not your TDS, good for Joe Biden. So that's where your TDS and my TDS deferred, right? Because in 2016. I didn't really pay as much attention to Trump because I was so pissed off at the Democratic Party of how they were fucking Bernie that I voted for Gary Johnson, the Libertarian. Mm-hmm. As soon as Biden, as soon as Bernie dropped out, like I didn't like Trump, but I didn't give a shit about him. And uh, as soon as Bernie dropped out, I w- and and then the uh, the WikiLeaks leak happened about how Debbie Washerman Schultz, who was the head of the DNC at the time, was talking about how Bernie needs to get in line and how they're doing everything they can to make sure that Hillary wins. 
and that when Bernie, as soon as he declared his presidency, the superdelegates were 1,400 out of 2,200 or 2,400 for Hillary. Yeah. And because the fucking DNC at the time had superdelegates, and then they yeah, had they, delegates. And they, and they just... And then they just the super delegates just looked like they just appeared out of thin air like every day. Yeah, the, the, the whoever they wanted. Like, right. Where the so fuck did this come from? Yeah, I had more grievances then against the Democrats, where I didn't have the TDS at that point to where I voted for Gary Johnson. And then when 2020 came around, I'm sorry. What is Aleppo? Yeah, I'm sorry. What is Aleppo? <laughs> uh, and so when 2020 came around. Like, so then like 2018 is when like, so between 16 and 18 is when I had my serious TDS and I was like, you know, fuck this. And then 2018, 2019, it was like, this is just fucking stupid. And then when 2020 came out, I was just like, fuck it and voted libertarian again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, you, you were, you were a better man than me because I voted for Hillary and for Joe Biden. So you're a better, you're a better person than I am, I guess, in that way. Uh, not again, not again. Won't be happening again. Anyway, we have, we have, we have taken this show. Hashtag uh, not again. We have, we have taken this show way off uh, into left field, I guess. I mean, since we're on the topic basically at hand, we can get into uh, the New Hampshire results uh, from yesterday. Um I, I guess my takeaway, Corey, <clears throat> is that we got exactly what we knew we were going to get. Like when, <laughs> well, when we the, expected what big shocker. When the, polls, when, when the polls first started to close and Nikki Haley was, I think for a brief moment there, she was like inside of six points, something like that, like right at the beginning. And then 45 minutes later, every major news organization is calling it for Trump. Obviously, well, there was a point where it was like 4651. I think that was, I think that was exit polling. I think that was exit polling. No, I don't think, I don't think that was actual results. I could be wrong, but I think that was exit polling. Uh, so I was watching, I was going back and forth between CNN and MSNBC just because I was hoping for the meltdown. And I saw a little <laughs> bit of it. I saw a little bit of the pandering and I saw a little bit of it. And I like, I was like, because it's what exactly what I was looking for. I was like, there it is. And it wasn't yeah. much to their chagrin. Like, you know, like there wasn't much. Uh, it was when there was this point where uh, it was Rachel Maddow. Oh, God. And uh, she goes to this guy and he's at a poll in New Hampshire or whatever. And it's this guy from Dartmouth, some young kid. And. You kind of said the quiet part out loud where I don't think you're supposed to be saying this. He's like, but yeah, I'm here for a strategic vote. He's like, obviously, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, but I came to vote in the Republican ticket because I'd rather I'd prefer Nikki Haley to face Joe Biden than Trump. No, but just but but, before you continue, but the guy, I actually I actually love that about New Hampshire. That you can go and vote in either primary. Like, I think you should be allowed to do that everywhere in the country. We can do that in Michigan. You can, but you can only vote for one or the other. Yeah, you can't it's vote. the same. You, you, it's the same there. Is it? I thought you could vote. Yeah. No. Oh, you're just, right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Abs- you're absolutely right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, we have the I'm same. It's, yeah. Michigan. Michigan has some beautiful things. Like you can, like, if you don't give a shit about the Democratic primary, you're right. But and like, but in New Hampshire, you have to either leave the party or not. Uh, what is it? You like you have to like declare independent. Yeah. There. You have to, re- you have to register. 
Yeah. Yeah. In Michigan, when you go to the polls, they go, are you Democrat or Republican? Yeah. You just check a box. And then they get, yep. You get, everyone gets the same ballot. You have to vote. You have to not match one or the other. Are you going? They give you the little slip. Michigan, you put your name it, on it. You put your name on it. You check state, out the Republican We have Democrat. so much shit just right. We just have so much shit right. For all we wrong. have wrong, there's certain things that we just have right. But uh, but that interview with like the guy that was on the when Rachel Maddow was like, oh yeah, so and so. I forget the guy's name, and uh, he's like, oh yeah, he's and he, like. He talked to him about this, but he made sure to point out that a bunch of people were writing in Joe Biden's name to show unity and solidarity. Mm, <laughs> unity and solidarity. Like, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right? unity and unity and solidarity to the status quo more warmongering establishment. Good for you. And I love Amen, how Amen, brother. I, I love how like like uh uh that's not really a publication, but like uh Twitter feeds like Occupy Democrats are like, oh, Biden won 76% of the, the, the Democratic vote as a write-in and Trump only got 50 something percent. It's like you are like, like this is this is your takeaway. This is your takeaway from the New Hampshire primary. My, I mean, my my only other takeaway is that yeah, like never like yeah, like talk about like low like I wonder what the actual like so fuck. I wish Bell was here because I could mm-hmm. ask him right now how many people voted on the Republican primary versus the Democrat primary because everyone's talking about the results, but I'm curious to see how many numbers actually showed up for the Democratic tickets. Right. Because of the fact that like how many people just didn't show up as evidenced by the fact that Marianne Williamson got like, like the only names on the democratic ticket was like Marianne Williamson and Dean Phillips. Yeah. And Dean, and Dean Phillips beat Marianne Williamson. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry. Old, got, sorry, old girl. Yeah, she's, I just don't think well, that I just like you, you, I don't, Right now, like no, and I'm not knocking her. Like you can have very valid I am. points. You can have very valid. No, I guess I am kind of knocking her because I'm <laughs> just saying it in a nice way. Uh, you can have great points. You can have great uh, idealistic principles or whatever you want to call them. But she's the Democratic Ron yeah. DeSantis, except worse. Yeah, but it's just yeah, it's like. But if people don't show up and show out and vote for you, then ain't shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that my my only other takeaway was that this I think was the fucking um the the you know uh the battle of the bulge, right? The la you know, it was the last stand for the Republican Party to not just be one hundred percent the party of Donald Trump. New Hampshire in 2024 was the last stand against this. And, and, and that stand got absolutely fucking bushwhacked. This is, if it wasn't before, this is absolutely 125,000% Donald Trump's Republican Party, and nobody is taking it away from him. How do we know this? It isn't just, it isn't just the results in Iowa and New Hampshire. It's that Ron DeSantis drops out, cucks and cucks to to, to Donald Trump. The <laughs> within hours drops out. He's like, I hate Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. And then afterwards, yeah, yeah. 
It's like this, like, like guys, like this is like, it's over. This is done with. This is Donald Trump's party. When, if he wins in, in, in November and is president for the next four years and survives, which I don't have any reason to believe that he won't. Cause he's kind of a fucking weird robot in that way. Uh, it, it will be Donald. It will Donald Trump will be to the Republican party. What Barack Obama is to the democratic party right now. It's wild. Like, right? it, it will, he is one, it will he absolutely is one of the not only end. presidents who looked younger after his presidency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it will and it will absolutely not be over when he when he leaves office in uh 2029, should he win in November. It won't be over. That won't be the end of it. Trust me. He has I, I and like this is like like part of the weird genius of Donald Trump. Like, how does he do this shit? And like Dude. He's such a fucking moron in some ways, and he's so brilliant in other ways. He's got he's that party by the balls. Dude, it's... I don't want to... Uh, I'm not in no way, because, like, to equivalate uh, Trump and Hitler is completely <laughs> diminishing all of Hitler's atrocities, because Trump isn't... Trump is not Hitler. Trump. I mean, Corey, I'm sure some blue haired trans kid is really going to love what you're about to say. Go for it. But what I'm saying is people are going to study Trump and just, just to be like, like, like a hundred years now, people are going to be like, why? <laughs> just like how now, you know, fucking 80 years past world war two, everyone in, today's context and perspective and everything and like with all of like knowing everything we know now everyone is just like how the fuck like this goofy fucking guy with this weird mustache how the fuck did he capitulate a whole country with his words mm -hmm. and everyone's like what the fuck a hundred years from now people are going to be saying the same thing about Trump the Not because he did anything fucking crazy, like as of now on January 24th, 2024. He didn't do anything crazy. He didn't start any new wars. He almost did. He was like the only president. He did bomb, so like, he did bomb Soleimani, so like he almost did. So not for the <laughs> lack of trying. Yeah, right. Yeah. He didn't absolutely. start any new wars. He didn't do anything fucking wild like that. But people are going to study him. The same way they studied Hitler. Like, how the fuck did people? <laughs> you like just mean, you, you, you like, just, mean just, the, just imagine a no, hundred years from no, now, Dan. Corey, I'm just, just, just imagine it. A hundred years wanna from now. I want to put this. I want to put this in, in in a little bit better context for people that are listening to this and going, "Is he really comparing Hitler to Trump? What a stupid trope." That's not what you're doing. I think what you're doing here. And correct me if I'm wrong. What you're basically saying is this: they're going to study Trump in the same way they studied Hitler from the context of like how he came to power not necessarily <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, okay exactly. yeah yeah like that is gonna be like why the fuck did everyone love this guy like they're gonna look like and there's so many fucking tweets of this dumb fucking nonsense he was saying and stuff and like like a like hundred years from now everyone's gonna look back and they're just gonna be looking like and it's not gonna be in real time so it's just gonna be photos and like little news clips from YouTube videos and all these different things of this big fucking weird orange guy <laughs> just saying <laughs> random shit and the crowd going wild and they're going to be like, how the fuck did he, how, how? Corey, I think, but I think, but I think, like, it, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it, same thing about Hitler. 
I think a lot of it is set and setting, right? So I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a huge contingent of the American population that is really fucking sick of the DEI stuff, the woke stuff, the the trans women in in women's sports. I mean, for better or worse. I mean, like I'm I'm always willing to listen to people's opinions on these things, but like there's a huge contingent of of people that are that are so sick of being pushed these virtue signally things and Trump came in at just like the exact right time and was and was the antithesis of that. I think that has a lot to do with it because I think if Donald Maybe, Trump runs, I, I think, think but I, Corey, I think I think if Donald Trump runs a campaign in 2004, he's he's done. Like there's no there's no chance he wins the Republican right, nomination. But I also in think that uh what you're saying now in 2016 that stuff wasn't as much it, on the table, it no was one really was saying things about DEI and things like that yet. I think that people, whether they were on the right or the left, because look at what the alternative was, but the DNC cucked Bernie. Like they literally knee chopped him. The two mm-hmm. biggest candidates at the time were Trump, which was the prodigy for the right and Bernie Sanders for the left. Trump was kind of saying a lot of the same things Bernie was just in a different demeanor and a different verbiage versus Bernie talking about the working class and these elitists and they're all fucking you over and they're all saying the same things and lost my train of thought. But what I was getting at basically is he, uh, oh man. Set, and, well, I was talking about I was talking about set and setting. Do you mean Do you need me to write this listing ship for you? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Get out. <laughs> I, you, just, when I jump back in, just pause. No, you, well, well, what you were saying is that like the DEI stuff w- wasn't oh, as yeah, yeah, prevalent yeah, yeah. in 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But okay. there was a there was a contingent of pushing like this weird like anti racist agenda in 2016. Right. Like, but the beginnings of it big, were, were starting because if you remember. Trump was because everyone made fun of him for it because there was little subsets of the LGBTQ community that were like on board with Trump to the point where he was holding up rainbow flags. Yeah. And they had hats that said LGBTQ for Trump. Like he embraced or gays that shit. for Trump like, or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gays Something for like that. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. And like now, like, he's never disparaged any of that and now like that's the thing and if you remember when he talked about like roe v wade all this stuff like he was he and that's what makes him weird fucking weird too right and these are the things that people are going to study he prides himself as in being the one who elected the judges to turn roe v wade but then straight calls out any republican who dares try to attack reproductive rights. Yeah. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. He talks, he, 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 and he just he go, always he goes that way. He goes, so yeah, he like, goes, he goes with whatever makes sense at the time for, for his own. And that's the problem with Donald Trump. He's all, he's about Donald Trump, whatever makes him look good in his own mind, whatever makes him look good to the people that he needs at that current time. He's brilliant in the way that he does it. It, it I mean, it works. It fucking works. He's he because he how how do we know it works? Because as we said ten minutes ago, or I said, or you I don't remember who said it. One of us did. Uh, he owns the Republican Party now. Like he completely owns it. 
in the way that Ronald Reagan owned it, in the way that Barack Obama owns the Democratic Party. Like that's that's what Trump is now. And that is the that is what we are we are going to have to live with. And I will say this. Donald Trump, if you could give me a Donald Trump, a, a, a somebody who is has the exact same personality as Donald Trump, but is actually good on policy, I would vote for that human being 15 fucking times over. Right. Because there are aspects of Trump's personality that I don't that I that I kind of agree with and I kind of like. There are a lot of aspects that I don't like. Uh, you know, I don't think it's necessary. But that was for the you thing. To, his to his policy man. never matched. Never matched his rhetoric ever. His rhetoric never. or his grandiose. Nope. nope. And it still doesn't. And that's what frustrates me so much about the MAGA crowd that think that he is just the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because they don't pay attention they, to policy. They just they hear don't. sound bites. They hear what he says, and that's all they need to hear. And that that is so much of the American voter base. And yeah. I wish. That is something that we could change because there's a million people like, no, I'm sorry, not a million. There's probably tens of millions of people who agree the same way about Biden. Mm -hmm. But he says mm -hmm. this. He just says what I want to hear. He just I got hairy legs. Words. <laughs> yeah, that's what they want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I got hairy oh legs. Oh, my God, Biden, Corvette. me too. My 67 Corvette. <laughs> oh, what a guy who pulled himself up by his bootstraps. I wish I owned a 67 Corvette. What's really funny is like when you play this, your voice sounds all fucked up too. <laughs> I don't know what so you're saying. If I actually want to sound like Joe Biden, I should do it that way. Anyway, do you, do you have any final thoughts on New Hampshire, Corey? Uh, Nikki Haley came out the speech like she won, but she didn't. Again, she did that twice that now because, because Trump said that also. Oh God, dude, she is such a donor, <laughs> he darling. Comes out and he goes, he's like, yeah, he she might be confused because uh, her speech sounded like she won when she didn't, and she's super excited about South Carolina, and I love South Carolina. Honestly, dude, the next the next vote is in Nevada. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she's no. This will be over after South Carolina because th this is actually the only. What do you think about before? We before what? Before South Carolina. Well, South Carolina is next. Out before is it? No, Nevada's yes. next. No, South Carolina's next. South Carolina then Nevada. South you no, sure? South Carolina's next. That's what. That's the thing. South Carolina's next. She's going to stay in for South Carolina. She's ridiculous for doing so. But I find it absolutely entertaining that she's going to stay in because I cannot wait. And this doesn't mean I'm rooting for Trump, although in some ways I am in my own head. Um, she is going to get waxed in her home state, and that is going to be hilarious because she is such an awful, evil uh, donor Wall Street military industrial complex darling to watch her get fucking jail sexed in her own state is going to be uh, a wonderful, wonderful day for me. I can't stand her. I actually don't like her more than I don't like Donald Trump. And it's not close. Are you looking up what's next? I'm telling you, it's South Carolina. We wish we had Bell here, but. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> that's the way it always has been. So, I <laughs> right. But I'm just like, we have to refresh our memory because the DNC just decided to 
fucking shift everything well, around. That's the DNC. That's the DNC, and that's why Biden was a write-in in New Hampshire because he wa- because the DNC wanted to switch it around. But the RNC hasn't touched anything. It's it's the same. It's Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, N- so Nevada. Nevada is holding a dueling nominating contest, a state-run primary on February sixth, and a party-run caucus on February eighth. Hmm. In South Carolina, uh, I believe is the next, next week. Next is February twenty fourth. The next major showdown would therefore be uh, so. I'm on uh, CBS News right now. So after Trump's win became apparent in New Hampshire, Haley vowed to remain in the race. Assuming she does, the campaigns will shift their focus to the upcoming states with South Carolina the next major prize. Nevada and the Virgin Islands are technically next contests on the calendar, but a quirk in Nevada's selection process and the small number of delegates at stake in the Virgin Islands lessens their impact. Nevada is holding dueling nominating contests, a state-run primary on February 6th, and a party-run caucuses on February 8th. Delegates to the GOP convention will only be awarded based on the caucuses. Haley and Trump will also not be competing head-to-head. Haley is on the ballot for the primary, but not the caucuses. The Trump is on the ballot for the caucuses, but not the primary. The next major <laughs> showdown, therefore, then so the next major showdown would therefore be on February twenty fourth in South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah, and then Super Tuesday. So we, we're not gonna, we're not going to get there. We are not going to get right, to South. But we're not going to get Nevada is next. Yeah, but nobody cares. Right, but I wasn't <laughs> wrong. I just want to hear you say it, Dan. I guess, I guess technically you were not wrong, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it does. I wish we had an applause sound. Do we have an applause okay. sound? I'm looking no, for. No, we don't. But no, we don't. But I can get us one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, because like, the other reason I'm saying that is because Trump said that in one of his speeches. Actually, he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, Haley is all excited about South Carolina, and he's like, oh, and I love South Carolina. It's a beautiful state. I really love it there. He goes, but Nikki's forgetting about Nevada. Which Nevada doesn't really mean anything, <laughs> but technically Nevada anything. is next. Uh anyway. Shall we, just, we move on to the to the oligarchs? I don't know. I just I think we should be right on some stuff, right? I don't know. I should we be a little right on a couple little things. I'm just I'm talking about stuff that matters. It's like when you give me a gimme putt when I'm playing golf and I tap it in anyway, and you go, That's against the rules. I'm like, no, fuck you. Technically you're right, but who cares? Yeah, technically, uh, knock that bitch in there. Nobody cares. Uh, it's like when I won that scramble at your bachelor party. You didn't win. Trevor won. <laughs> Trevor won. <laughs> I was, I, I was there. Uh, yeah, I guess shout out, shout out to Trevor. You need to give a shout out tonight, Corey. You forgot to give your shout out mm. at the beginning of the show. Holy, I'm fuck. glad I reminded you. Yeah, I even have it written in all caps in my notes. So, <laughs> episode. So there's a podcast. It's called Out of the Blank Podcast, and I guess it on their show, on his show. His name's Robbie, and uh, it's episode 1570. We talk a little bit about politics. We talk a little bit of my take on uh, social issues, bullshit about a bunch of stuff. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time. Make sure you go and check it out. Yeah, if you want, if you want some solo Corey action, do that. Uh, I don't think I remembered to put a banner up for the WEF conversation. So I'm just going to do this and pull this down. Um, yeah. So WEF met in Davos last week. 
which is essentially, as I said at the beginning of the show, as Walter Kern dubbed it, a uh, a, a trade show for for oligarchs. There you go, WEF, not the WWF. Uh, it's um, it's I mean, it's it's almost the same thing. It's a fantasy land for uh, all of the world's oligarchs, where they Instead basically go. Where they bait, yeah. Which is, I mean, <laughs> there aren't, there isn't that much difference. Uh, we go, we're, all, we're all, all of the world's leaders go and they meet and they basically decide how we're going to turn the planet into some sort of globalist. Uh, I guess they would call it a utopia, but I think the rest of us would call it a dystopia. This is where, like, when you hear people talking about, um, you will own nothing and you will be happy. That's Klaus Schwab. That's, that's the, uh, that's the leader of this event. Uh, when you hear they're gonna you're, they're gonna take your meat away and make you eat bugs, that's what happened. These these are the types of things that happen uh, when the World Economic Forum meets at Davos, which Wild is a times at a small a small town in uh, Switzerland, I believe a small a small ski town. And the first thing I think of every time every year every year when I find out that the World Economic Forum is meeting at Davos, my first thought is always like. There have got to be some wild sex parties. There just have to be somewhere. Because if you ever notice, because they they always they always post all the speeches and all the videos on YouTube or whatever. So like they, they, they say it all out loud to where we can all see what they're saying. Because they and they, they think we're too stupid to figure it out. But they never like they never really show the crowd. You ever notice that? Walter Kern actually did bring this up as well. I'm gonna on uh on his podcast with Matt Taibbi. So I'm not going to take credit for that, for noticing that I'll give uh, credit to Walter and Matt for that, but they don't, they like never show the crowd. That's really, that's an interesting point. Yeah. They do kind of like from the side, like you can kind of see them for like a second. Like there's like a side but camera hey, angle. Camera angles and mirrors are wild, dude. Like I remember we when like, so when I was downtown for the lions game, we were in a parking lot and there were a lot of people, but they were spaced out. But the way the camera angles worked is they would bring the camera in low and close to about 20 people cheering for the Lions. But I guarantee you on national TV, that 20 looked like 100. It probably did. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting the way they do that. So I, like, I, how many people, how many of these people go to this event and are just there to just fuck hookers, man? Just have these wild, like they're. Like if there's if there's like an Alex Jones like weird conspiracy uh like Yeah, and we're not even on. talking Epstein stuff. We're just talking about blowing hookers, the normal stuff yeah. us common people do. Would love to be a part of. Like I have I just have a feeling there are just some You've never wild had a blown stripper there. night then? No. I'm a little bit more of a puritan than you, Corey. What can I say? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've never had a blown stripper night either. <laughs> I mean, I've had some wild nights, but uh, nothing, nothing to that degree. I made I've had fun some of it nights lot. that I would say, nah, I wasn't there. What are you talking about? Like, I would be fascinated to be there. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Because I bet you the blow was a hell of a lot better. And I bet you the strippers were a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And the gun rights are better too. And the quality of the blow and the quality of the strippers are nothing that I've ever been to. They're just out shooting guns. The quantities? That's debatable. <laughs> quality nope i'm not even gonna but, pretend anyway my 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 point of bringing this <laughs> my point of even bringing up 
the WAF at Davos isn't to to necessarily talk about like what is is gone over there because uh, I mean you can look it up on YouTube you can see that you can see the things these people are talking about they're trying to globalize the planet um, for better yeah, or no, worse it's the same when what it really is like a lot of these things like in my personal view WF uh, like the Davos thing there's another one it's the uh, was it Berkshire it's something Hathaway Berkshire Hathaway Warren Buffett Warren Buffett yeah, firm. Yeah, those whole things, uh, because they have conferences as well. There's the um, the Alec. You ever hear Alec? No. It's it's that uh, that group that they meet with congressmen and stuff, and it happens in America. But the Alec group basically writes legislation, Mm. and they try to lobby every single politician just to take their bills that they've already written yeah it's where the lobbyists write the legislation right and they run around at this convention trying to find congressmen who will just sign it basically or or promote it in congress and try to get it passed into law yeah and nudge nudge wink wink take care of me i'll take care of you yeah so like i have always just grouped wf and that bullshit yeah so it's that's actually a really good segue into like the point I wanted to make by even bringing up Davos this week is, is that you finally had, because you're talking about what the establishment likes to do. And you're talking Mm -hmm. about like the difference between actual libertarian laissez faire capitalism and the type of capitalism that we have mostly globally and in the United States, which is where it is uh, the, where the government is captured by certain corporations and the government sticks their fists into capitalism, which is an actual capitalism. So my whole point of bringing this up is that uh, Javier Malay was at Davos this past week and he gave maybe the best speech that I've ever seen. So Javier Malay is the new Argentinian president, right? That uh, is yes. the libertarian. Yes. And like I don't know yet. He's 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 hasn't been in office very long. He might not be the real de- real deal. He might be full of shit. I have so, no but fucking. But it's also clue. interesting, right? Very interesting. And I know that he has he has already begun to gut the Argentinian government. Has he gone far enough? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not into into his uh, workings because right. in point, a southern quite enough southern southern continent of the South Americans, far enough is very subjective. <laughs> And we're yeah. not even sure what far enough is. But what I find so, interesting about that is usually America likes to influence coups. I'm saying that in a very uh, conservative way. Yeah. <laughs> because like, or, America wait, somehow them. is always either in the room or overseeing or has an opinion on it like they have a stake in it about every coup that happens in south america and it usually has to do with very left-leaning governments so i'm curious to see what happens in a country like argentina with a very right-leaning government well javier malay is is trying to dollarize the country so i don't think we're gonna so uh, so he's immediately got america on his side yeah, so and which is kind of a smart move, honestly. On his I was part. just gonna say, if you were going to try to rewrite an entire country, what better way than to get America 
the biggest interventionalist country on your back to on not your intervene. side than to say, hey, I'm going to do this shit, but hey, we're going to run it with the American dollar. Yeah. So point is, Javier Malay actually went to Davos and people actually question that. Like, why would you go to this globalist? Like, you're a libertarian, dude. Like, why would you go to this like globalist fucking trade show and uh, uh, participate in that? And he basically said, I'm going there to spread the message of freedom. Right. So he goes up or liberty and freedom. He goes up. He gives a speech. And basically says most of the things that any libertarian or even people like you and me, Corey, who aren't full fledged libertarians, but are certainly <sighs> libertarian now leaning I know what I'm and, tomorrow and like speech. liberty. Uh, and he goes and he, he says all of the right things. And what do you have? You have these establishment cucks coming out. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but I will say that if you look at our, our show notes and you say, and you look at, if you, if you like, we have a lot of show names. Um, this show is in there. Uh, and yeah, it is some a, people, uh, yeah, a big female shocker. pundit. Some people that we typically like disagreed with how we feel, but go ahead. So, um, they're, they're, they're coming out and they're saying things like, Javier Malay went out and was essentially cucking for, you know, neo neoliberalism <clears throat> and calling out libertarianism and saying things like he sounded like a 15 year old that just read Ayn Rand for the first time. And that really actually set up a light set a light bulb off in my head about folks that don't actually understand uh, the sort of uh, libertarian ideal of laissez-faire capitalism. They don't the, get The it. idea of libertarians are aggressively trying to take over the world to leave you alone. And leave you alone. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, they they, they, they want to say things like, oh my God, did you just read Ayn Rand for the first time? Like that, once I hear anybody like disparaging Ayn Rand, whom I actually like, I like her novels. Um, but they 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 sit there and they they pretend like Ayn Rand is like the end all be all of like libertarianism. Now she is from the perspective of like uh fictional writing. I mean, I don't you know think there's anybody like bigger than Ayn anyone, Rand. You know what I equivalent anyone who says something like that like, "Oh, did you read Ayn Rand for the first time?" is the way that there were people little subsets on the left disparaging people for reading Harry Potter. It's a fucking <laughs> fictional book. It's a fucking yeah. fictional book. Just oh, did like you just you read J.K. Rowling like for the first time? Christians who would freak out about people reading Harry Potter, to which in a weird way all of a sudden switched to where the left hated people who read Harry Potter. But in the, all at the end of the day is it's a fictional book. But that's 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 what's interesting about like Republican, Democrat, or liberal conservative. Like people don't know what to do with the libertarians, right? Because the conservatives kind of try to claim them, and then the libertarians are like, mm, I mean, we agree with you, kind of like on the woke cultural stuff, because it's like freedom of speech and like leave people alone, right? So we kind of agree. So as a libertarian, like you kind of agree with conservatives on that side, and then the, the liberals just like lump you in with Republicans. Like, have you ever heard the phrase like? libertarians are just republicans that are conservatives that like to smoke pot 
which is such a stupid thing to say. It's not, it's not even close, but yeah. The, so like these establishment, um, it's the same type it, of character that someone would make about people on the left. These establishment, uh, uh, pundits about Javier Malay's speech are, were just so, so unbelievably off base on what he was actually saying. Because he said, and I, and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a direct quote, but in, cause I only watched the speech once, but he said something to the effect of at the end of the day, fascism, socialism, and modern, uh, uh, progressivism aren't fundamentally that different. And I heard one particular pundit who was in our, if you like list in our show notes, uh, say, that comparing those three things is essentially ridiculous. How can you possibly compare modern progressivism to fascism? How could you possibly do that? And if you cannot see that all three of those things lead to one place, which is authoritarianism, You've complete. You've lost me. Like you've lost the plot. You don't understand what libertarianism is. Right. You've never. You've never bothered to even try to understand what libertarianism is. And then you want to shit on him by saying, "Oh, he he just sounded like a fifteen-year-old that read Ayn Rand for the first time." That's what these people do. Right. That's because like it just takes a uh, you know a zoom out, a thousand mile zoom out to realize fascism is something like I mean. In our in our microsphere of America, fascism is something that both the left and the right, Republicans and Democrats, have been pursuing aggressively. Socialism. Does it work on paper? Yeah, sure. There are some countries that are able to achieve a factor of socialism, but if you look at the turmoil in this con- in those countries, a lot of the people are fighting. To make it more of a mixed economy, which is less socialism, more capitalism. And what was the other one? Uh, There was the modern progressivism, fascism, fascism. and And modern progressivism, fascism. And what was the third one? And just socialism. Yeah, and socialism. Yeah. Okay, so I did. I I, I covered all of them. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not hard to connect the dots if you look at it with a more open mind people these people don't have a good attack on libertarianism and i've said this multiple times on this show and and like until until i'm convinced and maybe someday i will be like i'm not a full-fledged libertarian i'm more of a minarchist than an anarchist right i i certainly have disagreements with with Ayn Rand herself, but I have massive respect for her and i think she was a brilliant woman and i think a lot of her points were well taken but it's like if you just look at libertarianism and just go and just reduce it to Ayn Rand, you're 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 not paying attention to what is actually important. And that is like that Javier Malay went to Davos and was 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 pushing against globalism and he was pushing for liberty. And I don't get why libertarianism and just the concept of liberty itself is somehow this this awful right-wing concept that needs to be done away with and then she goes out and she talks about um this this pundit that i won't name 
I mean, maybe I will on the next episode. Uh, but she, she, she rallies against capitalism. I'm like, and this is somebody that I respect. I'm like, you're, you're, you're absolutely better than that. You're absolutely better than that because she rallies against laissez-faire capitalism as if it's like this thing where, you know, people can take advantage and, um, you know, make, make poor people more poor, but she completely leaves out what makes modern day capitalism a problem because it is a problem and it's not the capitalism itself. It's the fact that it's, that it's the government capture of capitalism. It's, it's protectionist policies. It's the fact that these lobbyists, as you talked about at the beginning of this conversation, Corey, can go and basically write the legislation themselves and say, we'll donate to your next fucking campaign if you find a way if to put you this just, thing into law. Yeah. Laissez-faire capitalism is the absolute opposite of that. Government stays out of the market. We don't have that anywhere in the world right now. Now, in the United nope. States, are we the freest market? Singapore, we are, but we're Singapore. nowhere near free. No, Singapore, I think, has us beat in the freest market. You might be right. I think Singapore all, is like. I don't. I don't know, but we we are still even so. We are still one of the freest markets in the world, and we are not even close. Not even close. To being right. a free market because of government and, regulation, and, like, and that's and like and to just go back to listen to previous episodes. We've talked about this with things like the Jones Act, uh, like land, like land use acts, and how government intervention literally is one of the main reasons why when we had the Maui fires last summer, which fucking Americans have such a short goddamn attention span that they just completely forget about things like this because it's a thousand miles away, but. One of the main reasons Maui caught on fire was because of government overreaction and government intervention. But and, and people like the pundit I'm talking about, they they don't know how to argue against these things. They don't know how to argue against these things, so they just attack. It's it's it's, it's this very it's this very progressive. Um, I'm not even gonna say progressive because like the fundamentals of progressivism, I actually like. If you think about like what fundamental progressivism is like trying to progress society. I, I dig that, but what it's been bastardized into is things like this, where it's like you, 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 you look for, you try to find the holes and you can't find them. So you just attack. Yeah. And I would, I would absolutely love to go on this person's and show, then- Corey. I, I've never been more confident that I could go on this person's show and absolutely take her to school. Like I, I really believe really? I could. So I was just thinking about that right before you said that. I was thinking about that. I'm, I was thinking about our, our list of the people that uh, we have on our show, and I was about to say that like, I would literally love to have a beer with every single person on our list of who you might like, and take them the task like off the podcast and have a conversation with them. But I don't know if I could ever do it on the air because everyone's on the air personality is a little bit different than they are off the air. And I like to think that these people would be would listen and not try to but 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 or immediately try to talk over me because all these shows are bigger than our show. So we'd be on their grounds, not ours. So they'd be able to just tell us to shut up. I would be very confident that I could hold my own in this particular argument. Very, very, very I could hold my own in any of the arguments that I make. (laughs) Unless I'm at your wedding and I'm like 10 Dan Hattons deep. 
And you, well, no, but even so, you just had like a, you had a fucking DEI progressive screaming at you. You're, you're never going to win that argument anyway. That's what happened. That's what happened. Corey at my wedding got the fight. Still sits with me, Dan. <laughs> Corey at my <laughs> wedding got in a fight with like a super like woke anti racist DEI. Like these things all sound like makes them a good person. Uh, but just. <laughs> when, one and of she, these, like, she probably is like, like I feel like uh, if my car was broke down, she would pull over to help me. I, I know her pretty well. I like her for certain reasons. I dislike her for others. Uh, but yeah, like it was just one of those situations where she just fucking screamed at you and said, you're white. So I don't need to listen to you. That's essentially she what made happened. A scene. I wasn't yeah. making a scene. Exactly. Ultimately, it was her making the scene. It wasn't me making the scene. And made you look like the asshole. Uh, no, I get it. I, you know, we've all been in those situations. Like you just want to have an. To the point where I was like, uh, all right, let's just stop talking about this and just be friends. And then she was still not having it. And she didn't want to be friends. But she as soon as the crowd disappeared, we were also still drinking together and having a great time in the bar. She 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 walked away. She thought based on that 10 minute conversation that she knew everything about you. She knew that you were a racist. She knew that you were a piece of shit. She knew that you were a, a transphobe. She knew that you were a homophobe. And she walked around probably telling a bunch of people that she probably went home and talked about like, oh man, I, I, I bartended this wedding and I, and I, and I talked to this guy and what a piece of shit. He, she knew everything about you based on a 10 minute fucking conversation. And that is what is wrong with this ideology. Right then, right there. I said I it. I said I it. I don't does. care. Um, yeah. Anyway, Davos, those are bad people. Fucking pay attention. But don't but, where do we but, where do we go? But but don't but don't listen to the people that are telling you that like the one seemingly good person that was at Davos giving a good speech saying the right things is somehow the bad guy. Those people aren't on your side. Anyway, uh, what do we got left? MTG? Yeah, yeah let me hear about this. <laughs> you don't know much about this yet, do you? Nope. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's right. Sometimes one out of a thousand. Uh, she's got principles. I'm actually going to, I'm gonna just going to go ahead and play this video here real quick. Oh, uh, where are you, MTG? Oh, here man, she is. Simon in here the she is. Oh, look how look at how look at how pretty she is. See how pretty she is? She's so pretty. She's so, she's so beautiful. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> is she are you sure about that? That in no way, shape, and form will I support any type of CR. We aren't we aren't continuing Nancy budget, Nancy Pelosi's budget. And that if he moves forward with a separate deal trading our border security, weakening HR two in exchange for sixty billion dollars to Ukraine. I told him yesterday in his office that I would vacate the chair, that that is absolutely unacceptable. And we actually have the power of the purse. We're the ones that are in control and we need to control the negotiation. So she's <laughs> So, okay. So is she doing so? Okay. I, I gotta, I gotta think about how I want to say this because um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is threatening to vacate Mike Johnson's speaker seat probably because Mike Johnson isn't as hot as Kevin McCarthy. Um, I'm convinced uh, MTG and Kevin McCarthy were banging on the side, but that's a whole nother story. Um, Save that for next week. <laughs> probably for never. Uh, but she, Marjorie Taylor Greene is threatening to, to try to vacate Mike Johnson's speakership 
if he goes along with a package to uh, reduce the the situation at the border if it's tied to money to Ukraine. I look at that and I go, I don't see what's wrong with that. Like I'm I'm right. sorry. I don't I don't agree with MTG almost ever. She says a thousand things. I might agree with four of them. This is one of those four. This is the and thing she might even have the mo you might even agree with the motive. Yeah, the motive could be wrong. You're absolutely right. right. She, she the might idea not be that doing this in good faith. Connecting the two smells like bullshit. And absolutely does. We talk about this all the time, Corey. We talk about um uh was it is it Thomas Massey or or uh, Pork Rand barrel, Paul? earmarks? There's a different a bunch of different verbs yeah, for him. Or like, it's just, like let's let's go ahead and like not sign uh money away or or sign bills into law that have nothing to do right. with each other. Like never mind trying to yeah, never mind connecting these. Vote on a Ukraine bill. Do all of our representatives want to send money to Ukraine? I hope to have faith in the person I duly elected to be my representative to make the choices that I hope they'll make based on what I voted for them. If they don't, I will vote for someone else next time. Stop making it complicated for the American people. Make the votes simple. What's interesting about this, Corey. Right? Does that make sense what I'm saying? No, it absolutely makes sense because I was going to say the same thing and you said it for me. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. That's all right. We can, that just makes it faster for us to move for, for me to, to move on to my next point, which is hey, that. Thanks man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have again, political pundits. I'm going to, I'll call this one out. Cause I don't care. Anna Kasparian, the young Turks, the young Turks, you have others. I'm sure. I'm sure the Rachel Maddow types have said these things where they're going to look just showed your degree of respect for other pundits. I did. As a whole tirade about someone that you didn't want to mention their name, but then you're like, I had a conspiracy. I'm fucking Rachel Maddow. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I respect and who I don't. Uh, (laughs) These, 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 these types are, are, are sitting there and trying to act like Marjorie Taylor green is doing this. Because she is, be, because uh, Mike Johnson is maybe going to side, quote unquote, side with Democrats on something. That's not at all what she said. That's not at all what she said. If Dem- if, 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 if Democrats had come forth and agreed to split these two issues, the border and Ukraine, and and then Marjorie Taylor Greene had come forth and said something about getting on board like essentially if Marjorie if MTG moved the goalposts then this conversation would be different. Absolutely. But what she's doing is she's calling out Mike Johnson and saying do not go along with a Senate package that ties border security to Ukraine. Like that's called actually having actually because let's really think about it. Why are the two coinciding with each other they have nothing to do with each other as we know nothing to do with each other nothing to, nothing border security or just like and it, like it's 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 fucking stupid how board like the term border security is a right-wing talking point mm-hmm. okay taking care of our border 
and making sure that the people that are seeking asylum get the proper due justice and that everyone coming here across our border is getting you know the proper care to where they can either become a citizen or they get kicked out because they're a piece of shit because both are coming right there are people coming across our border who are just seeking a better life. And there are people here with nefarious actions that are just trying to smuggle drugs and smuggle people. And we probably shouldn't let them in. But regardless of that and taking care of the border issue of immigration policy and getting people into our country and stopping the flood that it's not just me saying it. And it's not just Republicans saying it. You got the governor Adams in New York. You got governors in Chicago. You got governors in, 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 in democratic mayor, states mayor who are saying that this immigration <laughs> problem is an issue. And yeah. why are we convoluting the issue that's at our border with a country that's thousands of miles away in Ukraine? With a MTG is war absolutely right. That we are, we I are can't believe I'm saying it, but Marjorie Taylor yeah, Greene right. is absolutely right. Yep, she's right. She is, she's she right. Is right. Is she, These is are two right separate for- issues. But Corey, the Senate, because the Warhawks and the establishment on either side want to give money to keep Raytheon paid so they keep paying, so Raytheon keeps paying for their campaigns. They want to give them money to pay for more bombs to drop on innocent people in Ukraine. That they have to tie the two together because the border is a contentious issue in election season. Corey, can I pull a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, a, a, can I pull a, a, a DEI for you here? Yeah, Corey, Marjorie Taylor Greene might be right this time, but guess what? She's right for the wrong reasons. Is that what people say? <laughs> She's right. She, 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 like, uh, like, if, if, for the okay, wrong so reasons. If, if, if a broken clock is right twice a day, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a broken clock that you see once a year. She's a fucking leap year calendar that's used every year. And yeah. once every four goddamn years, it's right on goddamn point. <laughs> it's exactly right. It's, it's the point we made at the beginning of the show. She, I, I don't care who says it. When they say the right things, they're still the right things. Even if right. it's a, a, a fucking moron like Marjorie Taylor Greene, she got it right. Right. She got this one right. She's, she's, uh, I don't know. She's a dipshit, but like, yeah, stop tying these stupid things together. Now, is it a little bit grandiose for her to be like threatening to vacate Mike Johnson's speakership? Sure. Because we know who Marjorie Taylor Greene is. She loves herself. She loves to be in the news. Like that's, that's, that's all this is about. But like the fact that she's even calling it out to me is a good thing. Yeah. Liberty Twitch and, and said, uh, is it wrong for us to be ignoring our own borders and immigration law and letting people in, even though it's against the law instead, should we enforce the laws? So that's where we're kind of getting at. We're getting at how MTG is just trying to separate. Cause like right now the Senate is trying to make a package of giving money to Ukraine. And if we give money to Ukraine, then we're going to give money towards the border crisis. And Mike Johnson in the House of Reps is like thinking about voting for it. And she's like, why is this even a thing where we have to to do? That's a burp. I tried to stifle it. I'm sorry. It's the sure microphone. It's just so goddamn good. So good. So good. But uh, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, by the way. Not a sponsor. But uh, she's basically talking about how, 
why are why is the Ukraine crisis and our and our current domestic border crisis have to be on a bill together? Because they shouldn't be. But it's just lazy politics of like, all right, fine, we'll give you this money if you give us this money. When well, both of these things should be conversed out. And so I will I will answer Liberty Tw- Twitcher's question this way. So he so uh, he asks, um, I'm just going to read it again. Is it wrong for us to be ignoring our own borders and immigration law and letting people in, even though it's against the law? Instead, should we enforce our laws? That's that's a really fucking nuanced question. It's a really it's an it's an interesting answer because I don't know that our border law I, I don't know that our immigrate our, our immigration laws are are great to start with. However, even if they were, there so like let's just say I became president tomorrow, and I was tasked like my biggest thing was like all right let's solve what's going on at the border because whether you're a republican or a democrat whether you're a liberal whether you're a progr- or whether you're a liberal a progressive a conservative doesn't matter you see the footage of what's going on at the border and all these people waiting under bridges there it's is a, a mess. there is a problem a mess. what causes that problem is what you need to fix so the first thing we need to fix is Stop getting involved in Central American and South American affairs and stop organizing coups and stop stop um, saying that you are supporting democracy while you're going in and usurping democracy to meet financial ends and let these people actually elect their leaders in the way that they want to elect them. And because liberty, that's the thing is we're destabilizing countries in the southern Southern America is to the point where these people have no choice but to leave. I'm ge- I'm, ge- I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So we we start the problem for for them leaving their countries in the first place, right? So that's number one. That's the first thing you stop. The second thing you do is you for you you make it easier. You make it easier to become a U.S. citizen because I don't know if you've ever like looked into what it takes to become a green card, Corey. But there is a flow chart. It's of what stupid. it takes, what it takes to get a green card. It is like 40 fucking steps. And if you fuck anything up, you start immediately back to the beginning. Right. So make it make the process of becoming a U.S. citizen easier. And then, yeah, then maybe you lock down the border. Then maybe you go, OK, let's have a situation where we have avenues for you to come in. You make it you you make it so that there isn't a. A free. First of all, those two things are going to make it so that that there isn't such a free free flow of people, and they come in right now, and you ship them up to these sanctuary cities, right? And they have nowhere to go because they can't work. So what do you do? You use you use no no you you make them pay taxes. You make them work. Absolutely. Like exactly. Every, and every, like every, said, every, so let, so let me finish with this. Let me finish with this before you get to that. Every economic metric that you look at tells you that immigration is good for the economy, not bad yeah, for because the every economic metric also tells you that depopulation is the worst. And the one reason why America doesn't deal with depopulation like Japan, all of Europe, China, all these other countries is because it's boosted by our immigration system. And Liberty, you said, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's our fault, really. Yes, when you look up virtually every country in South America, whether it's Nicaragua, uh, El Salvador, Venezuela, and more recent, our country has literally toppled governments and destabilized these countries 
and then created things like the war on drugs that has literally boosted black market sales that has completely funded things like cartels that have only fucked up their countries more to the point where people are in these countries where it's virtually a gun pointed to their head. where like, either join us or we'll kill you. And so these people are leaving. Okay. And so these countries, yes, they are leaving. And then you made another, like these people are leaving these countries because they feel like they have nothing else to do. And then you also said, which is a very good point. You said you are very familiar with what's necessary to become an American citizen. And it's difficult. And what I'm also saying is it shouldn't be. America in the 1800s was letting a million citizens in a year through Ellis Island when we were lit- we didn't have computers, we didn't have AI, we didn't have fucking calculators, and we literally were just letting people in, figure out who they are. If they had the paperwork, you let them in. If they didn't, they had to go through another process and go through a couple other steps. We can steam- streamline this issue that's at our southern border, and there are people coming in with good faith, and we should be able to figure out the people who are coming in with good faith and let them in. And instead of just moving them around and letting them be a burden on the American taxpayer by putting them in homeless shelters in New York and then shifting them off to Chicago and then shifting them from there to California, we should have them on a some sort of express pass like you see at fucking Cedar Point or disney or any fucking theme park that's figured this shit out and you get them to get where they at least at the very least get a green card on the path to citizenship where instead of them being a burden on the country they can just get a fucking job at anywhere from whether it's working at a fucking trades job or working at a walmart where they can at least make a little bit of money so they can get a grasp and get a basic root in the american system to where they could start working instead of them sitting here and being another stooge to be a political pawn and a bullshit issue in our country to where they could have been solved in the first place. And when you do things like this, you're just, you're boosting the economy because you're just creating all these jobs that we talk about in America where people don't want to work anymore. You got a million people coming here who want to fucking work and you just give them the fucking money and you get them the citizenship. And then guess what? A lot of them are leaning more right. So Republicans are freaking out about the great replacement. When you have all these people coming from places like Cuba, where the furthest thing they want to get away from is a socialist country. They want to come here and have fucking liberties and work. That's interesting because uh, Liberty's last uh, Liberty's last uh, message was the Democrats are importing future voters. Everyone knows that. No, I think no, no, some... no. Look at no. the schematics right now. Look well, wait at the a minute, voting wait a minute, polls. Wait a minute. People wait a minute. with Hispanic think... cultures are leaning right. I understand that, but I think there is. I think there is some truth to that. I think. I think there's. Uh, I, I'm not like a great re- replacement theory. Uh, person but i think i think there is some truth and, to the, and also the i want to say liberty people jump in the line people doing that shit i also agree with it's wrong but the but, problem is they're doing it because of the fact that our immigration system in the first place is fucked up and and i guess i guess to to go with uh i'm not a great re- replacement theory person but i i do think it's pretty obvious that democrats think that um people coming in from the southern border are going to vote for them we talked about this pre-show Corey. we talked about how fucking hilarious to to go back to your point about like f- people coming from more socialist or even communist countries that are fleeing that type of plight are coming over and um not such a huge fan of these sort of socialist or uh 
even communist musings of certain factions of the Democratic Party and how hilarious it would be if all the if the Democrats let all these people in. Somehow we find a way to make them citizens, give them jobs and to get them paying into the system like the rest of us are. Uh, if they if if the plan completely fucking backfired and they just started voting Republican instead instead of the the what what the great replacement theory is which is that they're they're trying to bring in voters because there is a chance that that could happen i mean if you just look at the polling numbers of hispanics particularly near the border particularly yeah. in southern florida they're not so keen on the democratic party's message yeah dan i just i it's google so take that for what you will but i all i did was type in hispanics and black communities going republican Newsweek goes black and Hispanics are turning to Trump. Washington Post, Trump polls better than ever with black and Hispanic voters. The Hill, Makes more black Latino voters supporting Republicans. NPR, Hispanic and minority voters are increasingly shifting to the right. Washington Post, the GOP gains among voters of color. Are, uh, Bloomberg, GOP has more black Latino candidates. Wall Street Journal, GOP gaining support among black and Latino voters. Axios, GOP made inroads with women Hispanic voters in the midterms. Vox, can the party of Trump really become a multiracial coalition? Politico, voters of color did move to the right. Pew Research Center, what we know about Hispanic and Republicans. ABC News, why is Biden losing support from people of color? Brookings, will Latino voters help with the GOP victory to 2004? (laughs) Fox News, Republicans make huge gains among black Latino. Should I keep going? New York Times, consistent signs of erosion in black. You don't have to keep going. You don't have to keep going because uh, what'd you name? Probably 20 publications there. I would say. Dude, dude, I just kept fucking going. 17 of them were left-leaning. Yeah. Yeah, Left-leaning or or super fucking left to start with. So it's and a few like percentage the, points shift ain't nothing significant. Really? Because Trump Biden won, Biden won, Biden won 2020 by 40,000 votes. 40,000 votes. In Michigan alone it's been a couple thousand votes between Biden Trump Biden Trump Democrat Republican. No, like it's that's real. the thing. It's like It's real fucking it's, close. But like and like you talk about some Hispanics that are going to the GOP. Like we're talking like uh, ultimately we're kind of agreeing on the same thing. I'm not talking about handouts. I'm talking about giving these people a fair shake that the same people in the 1800s and 1888s and like, like, and I'm not even talking about people from South America. I'm talking about people from Europe. I'm talking Italians and Polish and Irish people. We're talking about white people whose culture is very different from South American people. And they got here through an, an immigration system that probably wasn't the best, but it worked without computers and they all came here and they didn't get handouts when they got here. They just got the right to work. And all I'm asking for is to give these people just a fucking citizenship so they have the right to work. Not even instead not even of, citizenship. Instead that of just even... moving them Great. around and, and instead Dan, instead of moving them around and then taking my kids who are ta- who I pay taxes for to go to a public school to where they don't have to go to school because we don't know where else to put these immigrants and we're tre- and we're teaching we're treating them like subhuman and shoving them into gymnasiums and public schools and then and and paying for them to stay in hotel rooms it's like doesn't right. it just make sense and then if he you let said, them work sure, if it's to work and absolutely and that's what the immig- like I think that we can have a a more streamlined immigration system that we have now than we did in the 1880s when it was all based on paper and just throwing shit at the wall and see what there works. you go 
You, you know what I mean? Ellis, like it's just, you go to Ellis, you go to Ellis Island, you stamp your stamp because some of these people couldn't even write. You stamp your stamp and then you're off and you're and you're good to go. Yeah. Like <laughs> they'd be like, "What's your name?" and it'd be like, "Host, hey, if there's Geopanapolopolis," and they'd be like, "Oh, you're Mike Smith. Get your ass in here." <laughs> like that's literally what they did. That happened to my ancestors when they came across. <laughs> like because they couldn't I mean, pronounce his name, they just like, "You're Mike Smith. Get your ass in here." We we can and then we the can Republicans around the other side going, "Welcome to America. Make sure to vote." Because back then it was the immigrant party was the Republican party, not the Democratic we, party. We the, the 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 whole point is like, and we can end the show with this, Corey, because we're getting a little long in the tooth here. But like, and I, uh, yeah, don't worry, I'll let you respond. Um, we can we can all agree that there like there is a crisis at the border. Like you see the video footage, you see the drone footage. There's just Dude, thousands of people really lined up because we're afraid to arrest them when they're here so we're trying to stop them and we just send them back 100 yards and then like 100 come we send back 80 and then another 100 come on top of that 80 and then there's 180 and then we send back 160 you know what i mean like it, it's a fabricated issue is basically what i'm saying it's intentional by both sides it's a problem well, yeah it's oh yeah because it's a political issue on, just like because abortion. you can use it yeah, like because you because you can use immigration to win an election, and and we talked about this earlier on in the show about how like Liberty disagreed with me. He said it's a crisis of our making. It is intentional, a hundred percent. Yeah, it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's intentional, but yes, it's definitely a crisis of our making, and some of that has to do with our foreign policy. Some of it has to do with our domestic our domestic policy, but something has to be done, and I think the first the the, the start. The start is the people that are here, good luck shipping them out. Let them fucking work. Folk, and, then, and then you then you can focus on the border. It's bullshit that someone wants to come here for the American dream and it takes them eight fucking years to get a citizenship. If you have all of your paper, like I understand that if you come here, I'm not, and even, like you, Corey, I'm not even I'm not even worried about citizenship, dude. I'm talking about work visas. Just work visas. That's yeah. it. Cause we have, we have like, I, cause I, I work in retail sales and like these like shitty non-skilled jobs. They're having a hard time finding people to work. And, and Liberty, I can guarantee I'll even you to that. Like, yeah, if they work, if they work, I don't want people coming here just to be another, just yeah, if, fucking succulent on the, the taxes. If, if, they, if, they, if they don't work, ship them out just as we've always done. But there are, there are jobs available and every every economic metric tells you that immigration every job is good for the economy, not puts bad. Money into the economy that stimulates more jobs. You know, it's a snowball going downhill when it comes to economy. It's you know, like when you look at a simple that the economy goes in three phases. It's the uh, the recession, the trough, the peak, and the growth. Okay, it's just a wave that goes like this. It's a snowball. You bring people in and then all of a sudden there's an extra person working in the economy, creating production because they're in a factory and they're, even though they're only making, you know, 15, $16 an hour at $15 a week, 40 times 15, that's uh, $600 a week. That's $600 a week into the economy every single week. That is like 35 or 36 grand into the economy. That money compounded by a million other people doing that is going to create other jobs of people that need to fill the need of them spending their money. So 
more people here who are working. And you're right, Liberty, if they are working, because that is a very, very important word when we talk about this. If, and you get them in, you get them to work. It's great for the country. And we have to close it out. I'm not like, we have people here we have, just to have them get onto welfare and things like that. Like we, we have need- in Detroit, we actually have a pretty decent Hispanic community. And I can tell you, like most of these people want to work like this, 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 this Republican trope of like, they want to come up, they want to come and, and just take advantage of our welfare system. I actually kind of agree with Liberty and le- that like Democrats would like it if that's what they wanted to, they, that, if that would like it, if that's what they did, because it makes them reliant on the government. I actually agree with that. But like, th- like these th- th- culturally Hispanics, they want to come here and work. And that's what I've seen. That's what I've noticed as, as far as, um, like my personal experience, they want to come here and work and try and achieve the American dream for the most part. Are there some people that don't? Sure. But I think if you're going to, if you're going to actually invoke us, what, like what's this, what is the the stereotype of Hispanics, Corey? Like if we're just going to have some fun with this, you Usually can, you can, you can, dr- hard worker, yeah, no, you, no, you, you can, you can, dr- <laughs> you can drive to a home Depot and a group of them will be sitting on the back of a pickup truck going, Hey, it's a, you need some brick work done. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, these are hard. These, these are mostly hardworking people. I dig so, it. So I worked a lot of trades work back in the day. And yes, there was always Latinos on the job working their fucking ass off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the time. And, like, there that's, were, and like, that's, it was funny that's actually because, a stereotype of Hispanics is that they work too fucking much. <laughs> right. Cause they're taking our jobs. They're taking <laughs> our jobs. They work too much for too little. That's the stereotype, right? But uh, he makes a good point. Like cuz cuz uh Liberty, you could say that about anyone. You throw you throw welfare at anyone and they're going to take I, it. You lo- I don't look agree. at the Appalachians that are probably between at least 70% to probably 90% white and it is like the red states are some of the most well, like most densely populated welfare states in the country. You throw welfare I mean, at anyone, you, and absolutely you, they're going to take you, it. You, you, you and might, that's you a might problem. Have that. There should be stipulations you, on welfare, and I agree with that. Like I don't, I'm I not. You know, like I'm not, I'm not heartless. That if, it, if it's if it's like like like, but that goes down to we should have just more caseworkers. We should have more immigrant lawyers. We should have more people being able to look at someone's case at a case by case basis and not do any sort of generic cookie cutter thing. Because when you do the generic cookie cutter thing, people fall through the cracks. If you do it right, the people that fall through the cracks deserve to fall through the cracks and the people that need help get help. Anyway, we should probably end it there. No, that was, yeah, but that was fun. Liberty, I'm glad you showed up. That was, that was, you got my brain. You got my brain turning. I think I had a really good fucking rant there for a minute. For those pot for for those podcast listeners that will not be viewing us live like Liberty was so uh, gracious to do on Twitch, uh, tell the people where they can find us, Corey Walsh. Observe the podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. 
Instagram and Twitter, Libservative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And uh, hopefully we'll have Bell back next week and not fondling dead people. If you don't get that one, <laughs> download the podcast. Uh, you think he's diddling dead people right now? He might be. Uh, <laughs> when he's not touching his keyboard, Googling our facts, he's diddling people that are unalive. Unalived. Uh if- Two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy. As always, he has been Corey Walsh. This has been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. And until next time, we are out of here. We the people cannot turn back.